and welcome back to the Not For Profits podcast. We are your hosts. I am Trina Parham. And I'm David Devon. And we are two black seasoned professionals in the nonprofit industry. And at this podcast, we spill the tea on the behind the scenes of the nonprofit industry and uh, everything that comes with it that impacts black leaders and other leaders of color. So um, welcome. Uh, We're glad you're here. And today we're talking about burnout. And this is a big topic. It's close to my heart. It's the uh, the coaching that I do um, as a leadership coach. So I coach women leaders on how to recover from burnout, reconnect with their joy, and to work and make an impact in the world in a way that's sustainable. And so I do this work not only because of my own personal experience, but what I have noticed in a lot of other leaders, particularly a lot of other black women leaders, even though my business isn't solely um, supporting black women, they are always at the forefront of my mind as a black woman and others that I have um, encountered and friends that I know that have dealt with burnout. It's a really um, important topic. And um, David, I know you've had your experience as well. Yes, yes. Something that's, I think, very close to my heart and and as connected as you heard in a previous episode, the sabbatical, like why I took a sabbatical was because of the, um, the type of burnout I experienced in my last role. So, um, so with that, why don't we start Trina with, you know, what was your burnout experience? Yeah, it was, um, first of all, it took my therapist at the time to point out the fact that I was burned out. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't exactly know what it was. And so um, so I'm really happy that there's all these conversations about burnout post-pandemic. Uh, I don't know, people are, folks are still getting COVID, so I don't know if it's post anything, but you know what I'm saying. And <laughs> so um, I, I can say it this way, the... Um, I had been burned out for a long time. I don't think I realized it, but when the, the, when my burnout reached fever pitch, I was, um, I was 40, I just turned 40. And, um, so this was some years ago now, um, four or five years ago, four or four years ago now. But, um, and up until that point, I had never had a break as an adult that was longer than a couple weeks. So I, um, had been working since I was 14, you know, I'd always had a job and that leading up to that um, sort of pinnacle moment, um, my mom had passed away. And that year, the next year after that, um, I was, you know, grieving. I didn't really take any time off. And so I was dealing with that. And also I had a really horrible, horrible boss that did everything she could to make my life at work an absolute miserable experience and so on top of that I was also having um, I had a knee injury I had to have surgery on twice and so I was having all these physical symptoms I had frozen shoulder it was just everything that could happen did happen Um, and so finally I just got to a point where I was like, I just couldn't take it anymore. And leading up to that point, I had, um, I had been planning to leave 
my last job. So I had been getting things in place. I was moving things around on my team. I was talking to my partner about our money and what he needed to do. Like I was getting all of my ducks lined up, not realizing I was just going to be like, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what ended up happening was I had a little, there's a little angel in HR who kept telling me that I would qualify for medical leave. Mm. And I was like, what's that? And I'm like, no, I don't need that. And it wasn't until, and she told me this three times. She had been Mm. telling me that, you know, you really do need to do this. I mean, I was walking around on a cane. I mean, I just had all these things going on. And so finally, I was at a conference for work. It was in Albany, I'll never forget. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I just woke up in a cold sweat. And I was like, I cannot keep doing this. And I was just like, it's either them or me. And I'm like, I know it's not going to be me. So that I was going to give up on. Mm. And that when I got back to work, um, I put the paperwork in and um, I was out for three months on medical leave that led into the pandemic. And um, I ended up not going back to work. And that led me to take a year long career break. And um, I learned a lot during that time, but that's essentially what happened to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you for, and every time I hear that, I'm just like, and that thing and another thing. And wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. How about you? What, what happened with you? Yeah. I think in a similar, I don't, I don't think I've actually thought about it in this way, in the way that you just articulated, but it resonated with me. I wasn't thinking about it in terms of burnout. I was thinking, I can't do this job anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But at that time, so I left my job in June 2021 and really took a break until fully until the end of the year, started doing some independent consulting in the beginning of 2022. So I'd say a good, let's say six, seven months of like of rest, family, you know, all different types of therapy, talk therapy, you know, exercise, gua sha, like the stone or um, other kind of, it's called scraping um, in the the culture that it's from, I think within China that, you know, is breaking down scar tissue that holds a lot of emotional stuff and all of those things. I was doing that. But I remember being in my doctor's office and they were like, oh, you know, EKG came back a little bit weird. It seems like you might have some heart palpitations. I'm talking about how I'm barely sleeping and that I'm feeling stressed all the time, that they want to do a sleep apnea test. And it's like, this is a sign. This is all a sign that this is not working for me. Um, and in my, in my experience, I had started my role in May 2019 And then I was in one of those roles where I got to see it before the pandemic and then during the pandemic and just see how things just accelerated. And so I think that was also a huge part of my burnout that you've, I'm sure you've heard from clients and I've heard from clients as well, that from that March 13th, 14th, especially New York City, when it went from literally, I remember that Thursday being in meetings at the Fortune Society, seeing everyone running around me like, what are we going to do? We have all this stuff planned. Then the getting that email that night or the next morning, we like, okay, we're shut down until we say what? Of it going from, okay, this is stressful. This is, you know, 
7, 8 a.m. I'm on my phone. I'm checking things. Probably till 10 p.m. I'm still like mentally in work mode to then sitting at a computer at my at my dining room table, usually in meetings starting about 9 a.m., sometimes 8, 8.30, Zoom after Zoom after Zoom, many times six or seven Zooms a day, um, and then needing to do my work, quote unquote, because the meetings didn't count, um, wow. of preparing the project management, the internal initiatives, the work for the whole group I was a part of, like getting the word out there, proposals, you know, meeting people, blah, 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 the many multifaceted pieces of the job. And like all of that on top of just some bad experiences. So working with someone where I was on a project where they basically uh, were telling me, you know, don't worry, I'll help to translate your work for this mid-white white audience because I know how to speak to them. Wow. You know, or like just people are just things, terrible sometimes things like that, that, you know, just like took a lot out of me. Um, and you're isolated. You're just in front of the screen. Yes, you care about the work. Yes, you care about the um, what you're working towards, the impacts and everything. But as we talked about with with vampire bosses, there was also just all of those elements. So, yeah, just like just. You know, and I even wrote some of it down of just consistent, consistently being exhausted. <laughs> so even if you took a break, even if you went on vacation, not sleeping. So that thing of like sleeping a lot and then not sleeping. Um, I really started to notice it when I had lack of excitement for the things that I used to really enjoy at work. Mm. So like the having the you know meeting you're you're planning or just even interacting with people and like generating ideas and stuff like my mind would immediately go to, okay, how do I make sure this actually moves forward in the right way and doesn't get blown up? <laughs> how do I mitigate the risks for my team and myself as it relates to this exciting project? Because I know these very toxic dynamics are going to emerge. Um, so it just so much was in this like war room space mentally, as opposed to being present and enjoying that also fed into to that burnout. This is really good. I um, this is good to think about. Like, what what was I experiencing that led me to that ultimate breaking point? And I think it was definitely all the the health stuff that I was dealing with. Sleep, my sleep was just in the toilet. I mean, I my <laughs> sleep was horrible, and it, it stayed that way for a few years. So it was really hard to get decent sleep. And I think it, I had that feeling at work, like, I cannot get around this. Like, usually at work, I always had the sense of, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. I can work on this. I can, whatever was coming at me, I, I, could, I could play the board. I could I can maneuver. I can make moves that ultimately got me where I needed to go. And I was not able to do that. I wasn't able to strategize. I wasn't able to think clearly. I would be looking at blank the, a blank screen when I had to write an email and I just couldn't get the words out or I had a report due. And it was just like, I just could not get there to get anything out. It yeah. was like trying to get blood from a stone. Like it just was not coming. It wasn't working. And I, I think I, I realized I, I, I never liked to think of myself as someone who got beat down. It was like I always thought of myself as being a strong person. Mm -hmm. 
And it was during those times when I realized, wow, like I just felt like I was getting beat up. And I was just like, and I did not have the energy to fight back. I think that's what really scared me was like, and I'm not letting these people take me out. I, that, but that's how I felt like I, but I don't have it in the tank to fight. Yeah. And that is what really scared me because I'm like, okay, then if that's the case, what could they do to me? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I have to get out of here. And it was also a point where I physically felt so drained that, I mean, I was just pulling myself through the days and it just, I just kept saying, I need a break. I need a break. I need to rest. I need to rest. And even when I was resting, like I couldn't sleep well and having that Sunday night anxiety was just terrible. Yes. Knowing that I had to go back and deal with these people another day. I mean, it was just way too much for me. And that, I think I just got so fed up. It was to the point where I I just couldn't keep going. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, and I can't keep doing this. And that, yeah, I connect to that. Um, and you didn't exactly say it in this way, but the, um, like, I'm not going to let these people take me out. It, it, the way it's almost like, I'm not going to let them change me. Because like we talked about before Mm -hmm. a little bit of like, that's good as a, as a good boss, you don't want to let the toxicity roll downhill. I had a couple interactions where it's like, Oh, I'm not showing up in the best way. Like I'm bringing some of this toxicity that I've been seeing from leadership or like the avoidance, the silence, the not showing up for people. Like I'm doing that now to survive given the space that Mm -hmm. I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be like transferring that. Sure. to people. And I think another piece, and when you were talking about staring at the blank screen, is I think that I also thought just from the way we're socialized, our education system, achievement, et cetera, black excellence, it's like working longer and harder, chasing that sense of fulfillment that I used to get from work. And mm. it just never came. So it's like, oh, if I just work, no, it's not going to come from continuing to do more and more. So So, yeah, yeah. And those, you know, kind of like you're saying, some of those last straws of, especially in my last role, there was like a huge delay on getting coaching, even though they said, you know, we agree that you need coaching. And it took like months and months and months for me to finally get, you know, which now I would have, looking back on it, I would have just funded it myself and then figured out how to get reimbursed or whatever. But that was a huge thing the repeated dynamics of, you know, hey, Trina, this looks amazing. This looks amazing. You're amazing. This is great work. And then a few days before the night before, we need to change everything. Mm. (laughs) Like before I had the energy for that, I no longer had it at the end. Um, And there was also a, a big proposal that I had to be a part of where, again, it was this like, this is really exciting. This is really this. Um, they really need you for this, like this whole like building you up, um, but not actually being forthright about the actual situation of what was going on with the person leading it. What were the dynamics? How has this person worked on this work related to racial justice before or not? Like there was just a bunch of things where I started to realize, like, I'm not being told the truth. I'm being told what this person need, thinks they need to tell me for me to say yes. 
to do something. Mm -hmm. And then I show up and I show up with this team (laughs) that then I've sold a bill of goods to. And they're like, what is this? Oh, wow. So that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those sorts of things at the end, it was just like, I, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And I realized too, because I started to write emails back that, you know, it's like those, these are the emails that you write to yourself (laughs) and you take a pause and you're like, okay, that was a good exercise. But I was like sending those. It's like, this is obviously (laughs) beyond repair at this point. Right. So there's a lot of, um, I don't care (laughs) what's happening right now. And I think that I certainly got to that space where it was just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. And it was, it's just interesting to, to get to that place of this could all burn down today. Mm. And I just don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Um, what were some of the, I was thinking about this too, like the, the lessons and things that, um, that you learned when you, so, so for David and I, we both took extended time off, um, once we got to that burnout phase, which I highly recommend. I realize everyone doesn't have the ability, capability or luxury to take a year off. It just so happened that it worked out for me that way. Um, is something that I was able to do. And, and I certainly do coach folks around um, taking less time and, and things that you can do in your life and in work to mitigate some of the, the things with burnout. But I think as leaders, as much as you can to, to take that time that you should, as much time as possible. But I think one of the things that really surprised me when when I took that break was first of all, how tired I was, how exhausted I was. And I thought after three months, I was going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that. I was like, 12 weeks? That's insane. Like, Mm -hmm. who has that kind of time? And 12 weeks came, and I was like, nowhere near enough time. (laughs) It was like, I'm just now starting to, my body was just now starting to relax. I mean, it took months for me to just be able to relax. Yeah. And so that was a big piece of it. And I think I also had this guilt around, you know, being a black woman, being a professional, someone with an Ivy League education, someone with all of these different things. That means I'm still supposed to be performing. Mm. And it took me a long time to sit with that and unpack what that meant to me and what it meant to people in my world and my life. And, you know, when I took that break, I didn't really tell anyone because of I didn't want other people's input on my process. But there was a lot in my mind around, you know, having that breakdown um, and not having the appetite to push, not having the appetite to or the ability to keep fighting and I think that that was the big realization was like, I don't want to keep fighting. Yeah. Everything felt like a fight. And I'm like, and, I, and as I thought through my career, how many times I had to push back, how many times I was the lone voice who always stood up, who always spoke out, who always said what I was thinking mm-hmm. and, and how I often some most of the time I got penalized for that or I got punished for it or I got not even punished. I got targeted because of it. 
even though people after the meeting who never spoke up, but would say, oh, I totally agree with you, yes. you know, like always being the one to go first. Yes. You know, I was, you know, just being in that position. And finally, I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do it anymore. I don't have the energy for it. And that opened me up to a much deeper conversation for myself and one that I have with others around work around my own value and what I and what it means to be productive to make money to be successful you know all of those things were coming up for me yeah yeah I I, all of those things as well around um just what you don't want to put up with anymore you know as as a reason to take a break and also to one thing that I talk to people about and I think you know when I was you know where we worked five and a half years or whatever it was and then in the uh, most recent role less time of wanting to be mindful of like I don't want to be at the point where I'm crawling <laughs> before I take a break yeah it's like I want to be able to recognize that I'm on the path to burnout you know get the finances or talk to the partner, do all these things to make sure that I don't get to, because one thing that we've talked about is though, whatever it is, like the emotions, the nerve endings, whatever it is, like those things are, can be really burnt out and not recovered. Yes. <laughs> you know, my ability to focus my, so many of those things that yes, I can get there, but the ease at which I could be as productive, as creative as other things um, energetic, I think has been permanently harmed by this process. Say say more about that. I, I'm feeling that too, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I what think, that means for you? I think that um, and this is something I was going to say that there's there were so many situations that happened that created a professional trauma that. I think I'm going to be living with now forever. So around the way that like, oh, what is this email going to say? Or mm. am I being set up as it relates to this project? Or like, am I being told the truth about what we're actually here to do and what the dynamics are between the people on the team? Like just there are many pieces where um, I think it's going to take a lot and probably years to work through reducing that like hypervigilance mm. that is actually taking up mental space. And I think, yeah, I think I get tired more easily. Um, I think many of those things, but the, at, the, at, the, at the same time, I think through the sabbatical and through trying to, as you always talk about, change my relationship to work, I think it's also a recognition of, I don't wanna be in that on 13 hours a day anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that's part of me is like no we're not going to do that <laughs> so I also have to you know that's you know when I'm thinking about structuring my weeks you know planning and all that kind of stuff I also have to recognize that at this point at least I'm going to be putting the things in my calendar that are fulfilling in many ways and supportive and nurturing before I'm putting in here's all these blocks of meetings and meetings and meetings um, that that's more important to me now but yeah, I think overall, and I'll have to think more about how to articulate this, that that I think something was lost through that 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 traumatic experience. I 
I agree with you. It's something that I need to think a lot more about. I don't know that I have the words to completely articulate what I'm feeling around that. And for me, I, I think it's something around my ambition. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I I feel my ambition has certainly pivoted. And I think it's more about just that thing of like going and that hustle and that grind and just needing to get these things done. I, I don't have so much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a general sense of pace, like my yes. pace that I, the pace at which I work now is so much slower than I, than I've ever worked in my life. And that's something that I don't know I could go back to. I think there is a part of me and part of that is just probably age as well. But um, but I think that's something that I, I think about a lot is like I and I and it's interesting because I, I see how there are things that I would like to have or I want to make more money or I want to be able to do this or that. And it's like, but do I really <laughs> do I and, and, and when I say that, I mean, yeah. do I really want and can I commit myself to doing what I feel like would be required for me to have those things. Yes. And so that is something that I'm still grappling with when I think about, oh, how much money I could be making. And, but, but I think about the cost. The cost. So no matter what it is, if I hear of um, a friend or I see a job and I'm like, oh, look how much it pays or whatever. And I'm just like, but what's the cost really? Yeah. And I find myself calculating those costs. I never really did that before. I mean, I, I sort of thought about it, but now that is that takes priority in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I and to answer your question, you know, to connect to that, I think one thing that comes up in this kind of this space of recovery um, from burnout. And, you know, that's pr- I think going to be kind of an always thing of what are the practices and the things I'm putting in place to not let me get back to, to where I was is something that you talked to me about initially when I left, which was like, what, what are the things that you brought into this equation that once you have the space away uh, from that dynamic, you're sleeping more, you're resting, you're getting the support you need, hopefully from family, friends, partners, you have the, the, the ability um, and the room to be like, okay, what was my baggage? <laughs> what were, um, as you know, that positive intelligence program talks about, like, what were my saboteurs <laughs> that were there, that were on my shoulder, that were in this dynamic that contributed um, to me being in this place? Not to blame myself, but to say, who am I and what are the things I carry that um, were triggered, were part of this whole equation. You know, why did I stay too long? Or why did I respond in ways that actually made my life harder or put more on my plate (laughs) in an effort to seek reprieve, you know, whatever that is. And so that's something I think a lot about when, um, not so much with clients, because clients, it's really about the dynamic and how you, you know, vibe and what they want to do and how, what they are looking to achieve. But in thinking about consulting contracts, I have to think a lot about what are the things that may come up for me and am I in a place to, um, to kind of keep those 
at bay and not um, not bring a lot of stuff from past situations into the new thing. Meaning, I of course want to maintain the lens and be careful, but not put on <laughs> this whatever this new project. You know what I experienced in past projects because that's not not helpful. And what would you say? Um, what was one of the if you could if you wanted to share what was one of those saboteurs? I think I think I'll say two. I think one was living in the future, not the present. So like, oh, this will get better, or mm-hmm. this was like, oh, this is just, you know, that was, oh, that was whatever, but what, like, look at this shiny thing that's coming up, or look at this opportunity, and not really checking in. Um, and that might be, you know, family, school system, like, I'm sure many, many things that as to why I was in that place. But I think that sort of, um, I guess, like the aspirational professionalism <laughs> as opposed to being really aware of what's going on. That probably is a survival strategy. Um, and I think I think another thing was like going from one situation that was not good when we worked together into another situation that started off where it was, let's say like okay <laughs> at the beginning, but having the vigilance of what I brought from that past situation. So I think, I don't know how much I brought that to colleagues, but I think I put a lot of pressure on myself mm-hmm. um, in terms of being in a, um, like, what do you call it? Like a, an activated state or uh, that sort of state where it just puts a, it takes a lot of energy of bringing that from one thing into the next. Um, yeah, I think those two are the ones that are coming up for me right now. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think for me, what I realized was I should have left way sooner. And mainly because it, was, it wasn't it was a place I really wanted to be. But actually, as we're having this conversation, I've had, I had an aha that I think I was burned out when I got there. Mm. And, it, and it felt like, okay... I knew there were some things that were going to, I think intuitively I knew that I needed to be there. I think there were things that I needed to learn. There were things that I needed to experience. There were, it was a, in many ways it was a good place to land for me, given I had worked in city government for almost a decade. I was leaving a business that I had ran for nearly as long that I was closing and I needed to go back to work because I wasn't sure what I wanted my next move to be. And so in many ways it did serve its purpose. But I think because I, I still didn't know what I needed and what I needed was rest. I needed time off. I needed a break and not really knowing at the time how to get that. And I didn't really know that's what I needed. It took me getting this far down the track to know that, oh, I'm burned out and I need a break. And I wish that I had someone wave their hands and say, hey, this is what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a that's really a cornerstone of my work now is letting people know, hey, look, the bridge is out. I'm telling you, (laughs) turn around (laughs) and find another way, because this down this way, the bridge is out. 
Um, and I'm sending up flares. I'm telling everyone don't come this way because it really, it changes a lot. And, but also too, I think particularly for leaders and folks who take on a lot, who do a lot, it can be hard to see it Mm -hmm. earlier because you're so used to taking on so much. You're so used to doing a lot. It can be hard to realize, oh, because that idea of I can't handle it, it's just like, what are you saying? Like, what do you mean? I can't do it. Exactly. You know, and I think especially even you mentioned earlier, like this idea of black excellence, like who's going to say, no, I, I can't handle this. Exactly. Or you've gotten this great career. And I say that in quotes, or you're, you're doing this thing, you're working in this organization that's got this, that's really well known or whatever. And, or for, or it pays well for a nonprofit, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it can be, it can be tricky for us yes. to see that, okay, this is actually too much mm-hmm. and this is not where I want to be. And so I think, I think that's what, what happened for me. Yeah. And so where, where are you now? Um, I'm, I'm good. I feel so much has, you know, I've healed, you know, injuries have healed. My sleep is back on track. Um, for the most part, um, and, you know, have a business that I'm growing and that's up and running. And, um, that's, that's what, that's what I'm doing for, you know, for work. Um, and I'm still grappling with, as I mentioned earlier, this piece around success and what it means to me. And, but I, I do feel like peace, peace of mind is really what is my guiding light right now. And so any projects that I take on, any clients or consulting that I do, you know, I, I think about that. Yeah. And I think about um, the kind of work that I actually want to do. What do I actually want to get paid to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and not just taking on something because, oh, they're, they're giving me X amount of dollars. It's like, well, again, counting the cost. And I, I mean counting the cost on many levels. So being mindful that I'm responsible for paying myself making sure that I get paid and that I eat and, you know, whatever, and I can live my life, but also, you know, doing it in a way that feels in alignment for me. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think um, all of that uh, connects for me as well. Like, I think in many ways there, as we've joked about, there's kind of a trading of circumstances or trading of anxieties. It's like, instead of you know, the colleague situation, the boss, what's happening in the community, this client, blah, blah, blah. It's now, you know, how am I getting this business, you know, to continue down the the, plan, the path and the plan that I have for it, making sure I have the income I need, making sure I'm collaborating, I'm using my resources well to support the development, um, and that that does affect sometimes sleep. It affects those sort of things, but it feels less heavy, um, it feels like there's more space, there's more room. It also, to my point earlier, it's more of like what I'm doing to myself as opposed to what others are doing to me, mm. which feels very different. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll even, you know, share kind of as we think about closing at, to your point that one of my, I think it was my first therapist that talked about, you know, one of the greatest things that can come out of therapy is that you recognize your patterns, which you're going to have, you can have your entire life. But in, if thinking about, you know, the English alphabet, instead of recognizing your patterns on 
L, on K, on M, on O, on Z, you start to recognize it on C. <laughs> I'm yes. like, oh, I've started to go, let, let me try to get what I need, the supportive relationships, the things that I need to get perspective to kind of take a different path. Um, that's really a great perspective. Yes. I and so that. that's, so that's what I'm trying to do as it relates to, um, patterns, muscle memory, all these things that may still be or were protective, but now may be detrimental as I, um, expand my business and change the way that I relate to work as, as you always say. So, um, but yeah. Well, this, this issue of burnout, we could talk for hours <laughs> about it and our yes. experiences and certainly, um, you know, the support that we also provide for others and stories we've heard from clients and friends and colleagues. So if you are struggling with burnout, feel free to uh, reach out to me or David. Um, this is what we do. This is how we help folks. So um, we'll leave our contact information uh, in the show notes and you can certainly reach out to us if you need to. And um, that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. And um, yeah, stay tuned for the next. Yes. Thanks, Trina. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>